0: Welcome to The Sword in the Trial, a podcast of Founders Ministries. Founders Ministries exist for the recovery of the gospel and the reformation of churches. I'm Jared Longshore. And I'm Tom Askell. Thanks for listening to The Sword in the Trial today. Uh, we have a number of exciting things that are going on. We, we have a see. conference that's coming up in January right here in Cape Coral, Florida right. on the Doctrine of God. We've got uh, vody Bacham coming to speak. Uh, I'll be speaking. You'll be speaking. We've got Chad Vegas coming to speak. Mm-hmm. James Dolezal coming to speak. Yeah. And uh, boy, it's going to be a wonderful time together. Wonderful time. And and
1: we've got some other special guests that we are announcing this very day uh we're going to have the the privilege of hosting uh Daryl Harrelson and Virgil Walker from Just Just Thinking. Thinking. So we need to do a joint podcast when they're in town, right?
0: So we're going to do it. What should we call it? Just Thinking About the Sword and the Trowel. (laughs) Which, who doesn't want to do that? It's important to do that. That It is very important to do that.
1: Daryl and Virgil are dear friends of ours, and uh, we've been working on some projects with them, and so it just worked out for them to come. Uh, By the way, I have been told that we are anticipating a sellout, that uh, the the tickets have gone, registration has gone pretty quickly. And uh, so if you haven't registered, go ahead and register. And you know, we we want to accommodate everybody we possibly can, but we do have a limit. So the registration is available at founders.org, January 21 through 23, 2021.
0: Yes. Uh, also, this By What Standard book, God's World, God's uh, Rules, sold out. And so we actually have them back in stock now. So they yeah. are available at founders.org. Uh, grab this book. Wonderful. Um comp- Compilation of uh, various articles, Mark Coppinger, Vodie Bauckham, Timon Klein, Tom Nettles, and others in this. And so yeah. you can grab that at the Founders website. Boy, the website. reception
1: uh, that that book has received has been wonderful, overwhelming. We've just gotten all kind of feedback, uh, pastors using it in their churches to for discipleship purposes. Um, folks reading it and getting clarity on issues that they've seen, you know, in the world around them, not really sure what to make of it. So get this book. It's back in stock and we hope to keep it in stock going forward.
0: Yes. Um, the wheel, the sword trailer is now live. You can yeah. see that well, we've been excited about this project and working diligently at this on this project for some time now. And so we're going to have three seasons. Season one trailer is live. You can check that out. We've got uh, you, me, me, Mark Coppinger, Ben Merkel, Ben, Merkel, ben Merkel, Rod and Martin. Rod Martin in that, covering uh, five different topics, yeah. and so very much looking forward to that unfolding uh, episodically on Amazon Prime really throughout the fall.
1: Right, and the first episode I think is ready to drop in just a couple of weeks, so look for that, and in God's kindness, we were given a wonderful gift by a supporter of founders, and so we have now a matching Giving opportunity, so there's money that's been made available for the support of wield of the sword, and every dollar you give between now and November fifteenth will be doubled by this uh, donor. So let me encourage you. We want to take full advantage of this, and if you have not yet contributed and you're in a position to do so, uh, please go to the founders' website and look under the wield the sword um, docu series page and you'll find information there about how you can contribute to help us get this going we've got season one pretty much in the can there's still post editing work that our editing work has to be done but season two we're getting ready to try to dive into heavily but we're going to have to fund it first so uh, go and help us out if you're able to take advantage of the matching gift that is now available
0: you know you and I have some great ideas when it comes to merch, and um, we are very artistic, and we come up with great ideas, <laughs> and so Tom and I came up with the idea for this cup. Just kidding. Yeah, that's and right, and but I like Why it. is she mad-dogging me over there? I don't know. She's mad-dogging me like we didn't come up with this idea.
1: Well, Founders Ministries, I think we came up with that, didn't we? Sword yes. and trial, we came up with that.
0: Yeah, well, we didn't really come up with this idea, but it is a sweet mug. This thing is so great, and um, it's $13. But, I'm, an, I'm an honest man. I'm yeah. an honest man. I just think it's a little steep. Okay, but no, I no, no. no. You've got to think dollars. about
1: it differently. It's $13, but it's 13 ounces. That's only a dollar an ounce.
0: A dollar an ounce. And? After the first time you drink it. It's free. It's paid for. That's right. It's paid for. <laughs> you go to Starbucks, what happens? They give you their your
1: coffee in a little paper cup. You drink it. You have to Pay throw for it away.
0: Throw it away. Do it again. Buy it the next time. But see, what you do with this one is you just put water and soap in it. And then when you put it back in your, your little um, cabinet, next morning you wake up, it's a free, it's already paid for, and then you drink the second cup it, for free, third cup for free.
1: This really is a sweet cup. Now, we've had debates in my family about whether it's a right-handed or left-handed cup. Do y'all talk about that?
0: Uh, I know we haven't had that discussion.
1: I mean, it's got stuff on both sides, founders on one side and sword and trowel on the other. So you should is it be right-handed or left-handed? It's right-handed. It's a right-handed cup. And we so have a drink sweet like shirt, this?
0: too. Look at this. Okay. In stone gray. That's yeah. That's what I'm told. Sword and
1: trowel Anyways. t-shirt.
0: You can get all that. And then you can join the FAM. So if you're not a part of the FAM, Founders Alliance membership. Somebody recently, or I think it was a police officer, that's uh, joined with us, part of the FAM. And he's, he was working through the Armory. And he said, man, oh, I'm finding yeah. all this great content in the yeah. Armory. So the Armory is, uh, is uh, extra content that we have. It's available to uh, Founders Alliance members really at every level. So check out founders.org and consider supporting us. Thank you so much to those who are partnering with us in that way. Today, we want to get into two different... Uh, kind of got an East Coast, West Coast thing going. And we got a both civil magistrate thing. And so what we have is Trump has banned CRT. Hey, that's great. Uh, but over on the West Coast, we've got L.A. County has banned John MacArthur in Grace Community Church from joining. So we got two bans. One's a good one, one's a bad one.
1: You know, this is interesting because I've had people actually talk to me, I hadn't thought about it until just now, about uh, East Coast and West Coast Evangelicals and how the West Coast Evangelicals have been you know, doing heavy lifting and the East Coast Evangelicals seem to be muted and not doing such heavy lifting in these culturally difficult days. Oh. And now when we look at the civil magistrate, it's flipped.
0: Oh, very interesting. <laughs> very interesting. So we're down here in the Southeast. So we're That's just right. doing what we need to do. But um, which one do you want to take first?
1: Let's take uh, what President Trump did in uh, directing an order to go out through all federal agencies to look at training programs that promote CRT and uh, versions of intersectionality, which specifically would deal with white privilege. And uh, this order went out last week, I think it was, or maybe maybe um, almost two weeks ago once this launches. And man, it sent shockwaves uh, through the nation and I,
0: I celebrate it. Does that, that mean that Trump would have supported your amendment? I think he would have. It's <laughs> a great would. amendment. It's huge. There's no amendment better than the amendment. Would he, I tried would to he have supported it on the mic, <laughs> well, on the floor, or maybe like <laughs> later.
1: I don't know. But I'll tell you this, you know, i I tweeted out, you know, thank you, President Trump uh-huh. for doing this and he retweeted that
0: that's because you're in his pocket uh, yeah <laughs> that's because no 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 he's you, in my pocket you're a right-wing <laughs> political nutjob for everybody that saw that that kind of got a little attention somebody it, called it that you were going to get in a lot of trouble as soon as they saw it
1: oh i know and, and into you did get a lot of trouble people, people people got upset with me you know and said well there you go again you're just a, a right-wing political uh action I know.
0: I've got the meme ready from 15 days prior to that retweet when you publicly rebuked the president (laughs) for um, saying it was his great honor to be the most pro-LGBTQ president ever. And you were very, we we love people that are caught in uh, homosexual activity as well, but we're not commending President Trump on his stance on that issue. And yet you rebuked him publicly 15 days before and then you retweeted positively by the president i thought you know there's a connection here to this whole 11th commandment big eva (laughs) kind of thing it's like well we're never going to be able to do anything significant if we you know rebuke people and say this kind of stuff i'm like well here's tom rebuking the president 15 days later gets retweeted by. yeah
1: you know i'd believe that 11th commandment if i didn't believe in god
0: yeah well here we are talking about the 11th commandment what are we supposed to think about Trump banning banning CRT? It is that is a, good. Good, it's a good thing? It is a very good thing. Why not? Is, it, is David French not right that there's, kind of some, there's some good things and we can use it as a tool? It does help us to analyze um, racial problems, racial oppression that's going on, and we should take it, just like the Resolution 9 said. Perhaps that training can help our governmental officials identify what's going on. Maybe it's not good as a worldview, but maybe you could take it and you could learn something That would help you to navigate these troubled racial tensions. No,
1: no, no. Because the foundation of critical theory, it's the the foundation requires assumptions, presuppositions that once you say, okay, we're going to use this to analyze things. Then you are accepting those presuppositions. Mm -hmm. If you reject the presuppositions, then whatever you say after it, you're not utilizing critical theory or Mm -hmm. critical race theory. Mm -hmm. And that's what I don't, I think people understand that significantly enough. It's like, you know, if you were to to say to, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, marauders who who are coming into your city, you know, that destroy everything. Look, I welcome you into my home, and I'm I'm glad to have you here. Mm-hmm. I'll show you hospitality, and I want to learn from you. But you can't destroy my furniture and burn down my house.
0: But they do understand but, some things. But, Well, they do. Absolutely, they do. Yes, and so you're pointing out that this theory is hostile toward Christianity. The theory, if you were to take it, it's contrary. And you mentioned these presuppositions, which we should get into. There's somebody online was talking about, uh, you know, all these people talking about CRT, and nobody really knows what it is. And everybody that I see define CRT is at some point indicates that look, it's kind of hard to explain because it's a theory. And we could at least say, take the, take the title Critical Race Theory. It is a theory that tries to critique racial uh, realities in a given society. And now, as soon as you talk about a theory, you're going to be talking about a theory. That's the problem. You're talking about a worldview. You're talking mm-hmm. about certain these presuppositions you mentioned. If we both came to the table and said, hey, you know, I've got a theory about how to make race better. And you say, I've got a theory about how to make race better, too. Be like, oh, great. So we're on the same team. No, not until we find out what's going on with these theories, not until we figure out what's going on with the presuppositions. So for people that are getting brought up to speed now, what are some of those presuppositions that are just that absolutely poison the whole attempt of using it
1: yeah well i mean you can find articles on the founders.org website we've written about this dozens of times now maybe maybe over a hundred i don't know but i've written two or three articles and one recently last week just a brief critique of critical race theory and one of the presuppositions of first of all critical race theory is different than traditional social theory or critical social theory is different than um traditional social theory. I've got a degree in sociology. And when I was taught sociology, the critical theory was just coming in, you know, and most of the professors I had weren't affected by it. So I was taught to analyze in uh, sociology, to analyze the way things are, groups of people, how people interrelate and such. It was fascinating to me. And I've kept reading in sociology through the years. And uh, I benefit from that approach because it's just trying to understand what is. Mm -hmm. Critical theory, critical social theory, including critical race theory, is not content to look at what is. It is activistic. It requires deconstruction of what is, because the presupposition is what is is bad. What is needs to be replaced. And even at
0: that point, I mean, you can see some parallels with some good stuff in Christianity. We Christians want to understand society and mm-hmm. we also want it to be better. Right. Uh, we want to see the kingdom of Christ advance and we want to tear down strongholds of things that are we want to get rid of all of these kind of things too. And so while uh, we could talk about the difference between like a Christian uh, activism or a Christian progress with the kingdom of Christ and a liberal understanding of it, there's still those those parallels. But you get down to some stuff that really can't can't be in any way related to Christianity. Some of these core uh, presuppositions, what would you say is one?
1: Yeah, well, one of them is that racism is ingrained in the fabric and system of American society. And that that is, uh, you're required to accept that, not to question it. And if you question it, or if you even say, what evidence do you have? That is uh, used against you as an indication that you are part of the problem of this racist society. Because evidence is, a um, uh, seeking evidence is something that was imposed by the colonial, uh, white European overthrow of the Native American cultures that were here in this continent. So. You accept the presupposition. And a second presupposition is that power structures exist and all relationships need to be defined in terms of oppressed and oppressor, oppressors mm-hmm. with white privilege, white supremacy being the culprit of the uh, uh, eternal oppressor.
0: Right. Yeah. See, that's the – even, even – so people that are aware of this, you've got the whole racism is universal problem. That's one of the presuppositions, and it's wrong, and it's going to be – uh, it's problematic, doesn't uh, accord with the Christian understanding, uh, doesn't understand, uh, accord with the truth of what is. But you've got this other thing that you just mentioned, which is the oppressor-oppressed worldview. And I think, I wonder if that is even prior to, if you come to the issue of, of racism and you're trying to figure that out, um, you've got a lot of places you can go on that issue. But behind that is this Marxist oppressor-oppressed. Mm-hmm. Uh, that central tenet and which you know if you're reading critical race theory they mention they they go and cite uh, gramsci and others that they are are founded upon radical feminism all of this mm-hmm, stuff mm-hmm. when you can see that critical race theory is one offshoot of really a marxist understanding of the world and mm-hmm. the oppressor group and the oppressed group that is that is the 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 sting that's the that's the Killer in this whole system. You've got people. uh, um, You can watch like young people. You watch older people. You watch all different categories of people. Doesn't matter if you're red, yellow, black, or white. And you know you can get caught in this, and then you start to filter absolutely everything in it. And that's what critical race theory is doing along the lines of race.
1: And and even more foundational than that, you're exactly right. Is the 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 starting point that there is no God, Mm -hmm. that the world is a material world, period. And so you, you take that. There's no place for providence. There's no place for creation. There's no place for redemption. Why? Suffering because, or sacrifice? Yeah, I mean, all of those come from God. And, and yeah, there's no redeemer. And we look at Jesus Christ, what did he do? Well, he endured suffering, he endured opposition, he endured being crucified for the sake of his. Father, the living God, being honored and glorified, and redemption coming to those who turn from sin and trust in Him. Well, there's no place for that in this critical theory.
0: And according to critical theory, He's the ultimate oppressor. I mean, is He not in the oppressor? He's way up there in the heavens. Yeah, And Well, He came down here, and He lived among the oppressed for a while. But, you know, He went back up there. Well, they deconstruct
1: Jesus, too. So, you know, they've got Jesus according to their own making, which has been... uh, problem for 2000 years as people have tried to confront the living Jesus and and either are going to bow to him or they're going to have to to, uh, reshape him into their own image. So a godless system that starts with presuppositions about this is the way the world is. Any thinking Christian needs to look at the threshold when this theory is being proposed and say, I'm not stepping over it because there is a God in heaven and he has spoken and he has given us in the written scriptures, his word. Mm-hmm. And so therefore we start with that. Everybody has presuppositions in one sense, I guess we ought to applaud the uh, critical race theorists and others that they lay their presuppositions out there. But we need to say to Christians, don't buy into it. And, and it grieves me when people like Jamar Tisby and others come out and say, yeah, well, you know, look, man, you're offending your Christian brothers and sisters whenever you don't buy into the Black Lives Matter organization and what they stand for. Well, Mm -hmm. it's a Marxist organization Mm -hmm. that is grounded in critical theory, specifically critical race theory. There's no place for it. So what President Trump did, was wonderful because if this ideology takes over and, and it's in, in the, the nuclear power system of our nation the there were training uh, programs in place to train people to think this way we've seen it in businesses i can't count the number of emails, phone calls, messages that I've received from people in all walks of life, including, you know, one uh, uh, athletic department of a Power Five school and uh, a banking uh, uh, person as well, a, a federal uh, attorney who showed me this is training that we're getting on white fragility and white privilege. Well, if people buy into that, then objectivity is gone. The idea that there's a God in heaven who has spoken and has told us what is right and wrong and good and true is gone. Mm -hmm. So praise God for what President Trump did.
0: Yeah. And the the, the societal implications are they're going to flow from whatever is going on really with individuals. They're going to go with how the person's thinking about the world. We know on a very practical level what it's like um, in ourselves and then when shepherding other people to buy into some kind of oppressed mindset. Like we see that all the time. Hard hard to get We know what that's like. Start looking around and start saying why does everybody got everything that I don't have? Why do people have more power? Why do people have more influence? There's this whole I guess I'm just getting up speed on influencers. Influencers is a thing I think on Instagram. There's like people who are influencers, and really, yeah, you are know, you an influencer? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know if you actually get you know crowned an influencer <laughs> do you, or whatever. Do you get a little blue eye next year, yeah, name probably. You know. So you, you, this whole mindset that people—it's just been cultivated for so long. Well, of course, that stuff's going to find its way. You know, it's going to play out in society in these different structures you're gonna have to deal with it at the very heart level. And if you're a Christian, you can't get away from these basic truths. God is holy and we are fallen. Mm-hmm. We are totally depraved. We don't deserve anything. We don't deserve heaven. We don't deserve salvation. We're not people who have to convince ourselves that we're good enough in order to win the blood of Christ. It's Jesus Christ came to save sinners. I'm yeah. a sinner. would say with the apostle Paul, I'm the chief of sinners. If you're doing that, if you're there, you can't buy into this. You can't buy into critical race theory. You can't buy into intersectionality. You can't buy into the Marxist vision of oppressor and oppressed. You just look at everything you have and you say, it's all grace. It's all privilege. My next breath is privilege. There's no way to, to tie up the Christian faith to this system.
1: Yeah, and when you buy into it, you can see this actually happening. Your mind begins to get dulled to what the word of God actually says. And so, man, I, I've seen two uh, uh, Christians that one is a pastor in Atlanta and, and another is a very outspoken former student at Southern Seminary that talked about the uh, attempted assassinations of these two uh, Los Angeles County sheriffs. I don't know if you heard about this a couple of days ago, mm-hmm. man. I mean, you know, there's a video of it. I, I haven't, I'm not going to watch it, but evidently a guy just walks up to them and then their car pow, pow, just shoots them multiple times. And their last I heard, they're in critical condition, uh, may not make it. And so, uh, you know, there's, this one pastor in Atlanta said, you know, said, uh, this is not good. This doesn't further any cause. This doesn't help any cause. And I'm thinking, really? Really? Why can't You can't look at that and say, this is abominable. This is damnable.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He doesn't say that. And then another guy says, well, you know, when you look at the oppression that's been uh, foisted upon our people over the last hundred years through this militant force, this police force, you know, it's understandable. Really? Yeah. I mean, you could just see. I mean, you, you are being dulled to the truth of scripture when you buy into these godless ideologies so you know we applaud president trump and that decision it's a right decision why because we're trumpians no because we believe what the bible says in first timothy chapter two paul tells us that we are to pray we're to intercede we're to make supplications for all people including kings and those in all authority and he said he goes on to say that uh we might live a quiet and peaceful life and might have godliness and be dignified in every way. So this is well-pleasing to God who desires all people to be saved. So there's a connection that Paul's making there between praying for kings, those in authority, living a quiet, peaceful life with godliness and dignity and the God who is pleased by that who desires the salvation of all people. So this is not, you know, something that's just political. We engage in the political because we engage in the theological.
0: Right. And to pivot to MacArthur here, if if you are, um, imagine, okay, President Trump here and you find out, well, we're teaching basically Marxist theory in order to deal with oppression and injustice in our nation. And okay, so you, is there oppression and injustice in our nation? Absolutely Absolutely there is. So you better have a theory to fix it. Okay. So if you're not going to use critical theory, um, what theory are you going to use? And the answer is you're going to use the Christian theory. Yeah, you need to use the Christian theory as John MacArthur has said oh, what is it? all nations need to worship obey Jesus, Jesus all, all nations need to worship Jesus Christ, that certainly includes the President of the United States it certainly includes the Governors it certainly includes the Civil Magistrate out there in LA County that is oppressing Grace Community Church mm-hmm. out in uh, Los Angeles, and so you do need a theory, but It has to be the Christian theory. It has to be according to God's word. How are we going to define oppression? Well, according to the Bible, how are we going to uh, define equality? According to the Bible, how are we going to go about fixing the problems that exist? Well, we're going to adopt our methods from what God has revealed to us in scripture. And that is the very thing um, that LA County has been neglecting. It's the thing that, hey, we're grateful that uh, Donald Trump has said, you know, we're going to ban this way. Mm-hmm. And now we want to commend uh, God's word and what he has revealed as uh, that which we should use in order to come up with our theories to rectify injustice in our land.
1: And when you're thinking like that, w- when you take the word of God seriously and recognize that it applies to every area of life, there is, you know, as, as uh, Kuiper famously said, there's not one square inch on anywhere in creation that the Lord Jesus doesn't say, mine. When we think like that, then you recognize, okay, there's a time to applaud civil authorities. There's a time to defy civil authorities. And again, the scripture teaches this. Mm -hmm. Romans 13, you know, we're to be submissive to those servants of God in the civil arena. But you've got Acts 4, Acts 5, where we say, no, we're going to obey God rather than men. And and why is it two different theories? No, it's based upon the same understanding that there's Mm -hmm. a God in heaven, he's spoken, and we're under the lordship of Jesus Christ. So you look at what's happened at Grace Community Church and uh, Pastor John MacArthur, and again, I praise God for his defiance of those magistrates in Los Angeles County, and in fact, you know, I, I think that uh, I don't know a lot of the details. I've talked to some folks out there, but it seems to me that some of those civil authorities are just being petulant in the way that they responded. You know, like they, there's been a decades-long lease agreement between mm-hmm. a parking lot uh, that the the county has made money off of because the church pays them every month a lot of money, and so they canceled that. Mm-hmm. And then they fined them as well last week. Did you hear about this? Mm-hmm. Because they didn't have their signage about coronavirus in the right place, and it didn't say exactly the right things, and so they came in and find the church. I mean, it's just it's like a little kid uh, in the way they're responding. I've been told that though they the church suffered a setback last week when a judge didn't r- rule on the merits of the case, but ruled on the procedures. And uh, granted the injunction that the county wanted that they couldn't meet, which the Grace Community Church defied again last Sunday because they met and John MacArthur preached an incredible message, which I commend everyone to to go look look for and find uh, and and listen to Uh, the the magistrate is now you know kind of so one of the articles i read there is saying well we look forward to working uh, with the leaders of the church and helping them figure out how they can meet in accordance with these dictates and meet outside and and meet our standards so i'm thinking you just don't get it mm-hmm. praise god that the church is willing to take a stand and so no jesus christ is lord of this church the gospel needs to be preached we have been given a book and we are to operate under the authority of this book. We recognize the authority of the civil magistrates. We don't want to be in conflict with them. But whenever they overstep their bounds and start trying to dictate to us without credible reason, which is where we are right now in the whole mm-hmm. coronavirus thing, without credible reason, then we're going to obey God, not you.
0: So I, I uh, my guess is that there is still some some confusion, some hesitation among the broader evangelical community, even the Reformed evangelical community, about what's going on out there in L.A. with Pastor John MacArthur. And I'm glad that we're facing this situation. I'm so thankful that uh, John MacArthur is standing up because it's, it's, it's educating us on how... Um, persecution happens. We still in the west have this mindset that you know we'll be persecuted when they're feeding us to lions. And yes, that is absolutely the worst of persecution. Yet that's not how it happens. And it's not how it even happens over in China. It it happens that way in China. Mm -hmm. But it happens in China by ways of fines and by we'll come and we'll arrest you and put you in jail for a little bit and then Mm -hmm. you'll come out and we'll come investigate what you're going on. And yes, signage codes and things like this. We have to wise up to this. And and there is a time in which you're really not being persecuted and you shouldn't claim you're being persecuted. You've had this, remember little line you did a while back when somebody was doing something, claiming they were being persecuted. So you're not being persecuted for righteousness sake. You're being persecuted for stupidity's sake. And you were telling them they weren't being persecuted. And I I can see a lot of people going, well, you know, they did say they can meet outside. You know, Mm -hmm. you can meet outside. What? He's not, they're not oppressing you. And is there not a virus? Mm -hmm. And have not some people, is is there not some level Mm -hmm. of threat? Well, of course there's some level of threat. There's a level of threat every time we go somewhere. So it's, it's creating this moment where we have to be wise and we have to be honest about the word of God, the word of God does give you light so that you can look at this situation and you can determine, okay, that threat level is not high enough Mm -hmm. for the government to be doing this. And therefore, if they are doing this, this is a persecution of us. And and also God's law, knowing what does God require of us? Does he actually require uh, the public worship of a congregation on the Lord's day unless genuinely providentially hindered? And yes, he does, but people aren't robust enough on that doctrine of what even God requires of the church to see that John MacArthur's merely doing what Jesus has told him to do and he's being oppressed by his government.
1: Yeah, I, I tell you, it, it grieves me whenever you, know, you go back and you look at what these governmental authorities have allowed and even promoted. And I'm talking about Gavin, Gavin Newsom now, the, the governor out in California, when he said yes, these protesters that were burning down cities, these protesters have a right to be out in the street because they have a good cause. He promoted that. And then to say to churches, no, you know, that you don't have the right to meet in your facility. You can meet the way we tell you to meet. He wasn't enforcing masks on those protesters, he wasn't enforcing social distance on those protesters. He was applauding them. And so, any thinking person, it seems to me, could look at that and say there's something else operating in Governor Newsom's mind than trying to be righteous, trying to be uh, fair-minded even in how he applies the concerns that the government has for the public health of the citizenry there. And I, I look at that and I think, man— we're being played.
0: Yeah. We're being played. Yeah. And it goes back to something we've talked about before, but Jesus truly is not only the king, but he is the king of kings. And that means there is a higher authority than Governor Gavin Newsom and the civil magistrates in LA County. And John MacArthur, Grace Community Church, is obeying the Lord Jesus Christ rather than obeying man. And they're showing us, they're an example to the uh, Christian community Amen. throughout America that the the battle that you're going to face for pastors to, to lead your churches in this way, the battle you're going to face is not, you know, um, hail the president or we're going to throw you to the lions. That's not where the battle is going to come. Um, It's going to come on these other issues where, no, all we're doing is is trying to enforce civil realities upon you and your human being and you live in this county or this city or this state and therefore you're going to have to abide by what we're uh, doing here and we're not touching upon your freedom of worship you know rather (laughs) than your freedom of religion you can do all of that and we're providing a space for you to do that and so you're going to have to understand god's word what the responsibility of the civil magistrate is uh, the civil magistrate's relationship to the lord jesus christ and then the church's relationship to the lord jesus christ yeah
1: and just think critically about the the rationale underlying these orders and these uh admonitions about you got to do it this way not that way okay if we're going to accept the rationale then it is game over because you can find threats you can find dangers any flu season you can find it anytime you get in an automobile the the level has been so diminished in those, those uh, uh, lines of you know, what what has to be met before you would say, okay, this is an extreme situation, and so the civil magistrate, we need to listen to him when he tells us not to meet. That has been so lowered that if you accept the rationale that is taking place now, there's, there's never going to be a day in the future when you won't find that level of threat and danger somewhere due to some kind of circumstance that would further justify the civil magistrate saying oh here we got another one you can't meet
0: yeah how how do you explain that level the fact that the level is so low with covid and still really the national response i think fauci recently said you know you won't be able to go to a movie or something like that (laughs) for who knows how how many years and you know things won't be back to normal until this point they're starting to be with the vaccine and who knows what's going to happen with that what is it about the general um, demeanor of our nation that we would allow ourselves to be played the way that we've been played
1: well i think it it ties right back into what we started with the whole philosophy that underlies this this critical theory oppressors and oppressed and so here we are all oppressed and even this you know there's now hearing talk about uh, uh health justice public health justice you know that Some people aren't getting the right kind of treatment. Some people are more prone. Certain categories of folks are being more deeply affected by the coronavirus than others. And that's just further indication of how the oppressive class has rigged the game in public health to benefit themselves at the expense of others. So when you when you start that way, then it's it basically becomes a foundation to do anything that you want to do in your godless perspective to promote what you think will be utopia mm. in the end. And the scripture is so clear. You know, this ain't no utopia, mm. and we're not going to have utopia on earth until the Lord Jesus returns and establishes a new heaven and new earth, and then we will see everything perfectly righteous. So, you know, look, accepting that without folding your hands and saying, oh, okay, you know, there's injustice, no big deal. No, we're not saying that at all. What we're saying is God has spoken. This is his world. He's the one who is redeeming this world. It's going to be completely redeemed. All things will be made new. And we who know God through faith in Jesus Christ ought to take him at his word and live in the light of that and not let these materialists come in and dictate to us a way of thinking and living that is contrary to to what the God who created this world, sustains this world, redeeming this world, has revealed to be true.
0: Yeah. There's a connection between uh, root and fruit, and it's an inevitable connection. So you plant a peach tree, you know, you're going to get peaches. You mm-hmm. plant an apple tree, you're going to get apples. And so we can see in both of these bands, East Coast, West Coast, You know, Donald Trump, has banned CRT. Now, I'm not claiming that Donald Trump is even a Christian. I'm not claiming that he's thinking Christianly. But there are certain principles that he is abiding by right. that are producing the fruit of banning CRT. And there are certain principles that L.A. County is abiding by that is banning the assembling of Grace Community Church. And that is inevitable. And, man, if you have your eyes open right now, we know that this nation is going through this battle. Which... Yeah. which which route is going to be governing. And you see it right here. The Christian's responsibility is to stand there and say, you must obey the Lord Jesus Christ. You must trust the Lord Jesus Christ. The gospel of Jesus Christ is true. Jesus really is risen from the dead, and he will judge the world in righteousness, and every knee must bow, and every tongue must confess that he is Lord, and you need to do that now. And if you do that, you're going to get people who fear the Lord, people, God pours out a spirit upon uh, this land and causes people to see and behold Christ savingly, you're going to get good fruit. Uh, Mm -hmm. If that doesn't happen, you're going to get this social justice CRT nonsense and your life is going to be treacherous here in this nation. And so it's a time for us to be praying. It's a time for us to see that you you can't, there there can't be this middle ground anymore. We're beyond the point of, you know, yeah, but, or, well, what about this? It's it's becoming a dividing line. Which side are you going to be on?
1: Yeah, and I, I, I grieve whenever I hear people make accusations, you know, whether you're just, you're just a white supremacist or you're a nationalist, you know, what, uh, you care about America far more than you care about the kingdom of God. Not at all. Not at all. Praise God for America. Praise God for what he's done in this nation. We've got our problems, we've got our sins, we've got our history that's uh, checkered, as is our present, as will be our future. But whenever you try to back up and look objectively how God has blessed this nation, how God has used this nation to send the gospel to other nations of the world, uh, you you would have to be deaf, dumb, and blind to say, oh no, you know this nation is rooted in sin and wickedness, and it's only been sinful and wicked, and it needs to be overthrown today. You're not thinking biblically. You're not even thinking rationally yeah. if you say that. So, we're not advocating for um, the United States of America simply. or or primarily. It's not that. No, we're advocating to live lives under the lordship of Christ in this nation where in his providence he has placed us at this time and recognizing that what he has done in this nation has produced much good because this nation has built into its foundation with all of our problems, many righteous principles. And we want to see those things Preserved, and we want to utilize those things, as Paul tells Timothy when he says, pray for all those in authority so that we might live quiet, peaceful lives with godliness in a dignified way because this pleases God who desires that all people be saved. We want to see the gospel preached in our country and from our country around the world, and that will happen in a far better, more efficient way If we are able to have this kind of quiet, peaceful way of living that the scripture commends to us.
0: Yeah. On the on the root fruit thing, when you mentioned looking back at our land, you know, we've got our marks. But (laughs) here's the two positions right now. You have to choose a side on this. did we did we as a as a general nation grasp a more godly root back then or now. Yeah. Anyone that looks back and thinks, you know, things were terrible, but boy, we've really made some great progress. You, you're outside of your mind, but yeah. you look back to, we had actual Supreme court justices back at the founding of our nation that said, you know, man's law is going to, uh, is underneath God's law. We must look to God's law. Or we had a massive swath of the uh, nation itself being reformed Christians mm-hmm. back then. We had people like Witherspoon heavily involved in the, our national uh, politics, who was a minister of the gospel and many others. There was a huge, um, commitment Mm -hmm. to those judeo-christian principles back then and some of the things that were wrong that eventually were made right were because of those because of that root but that root has gone i mean that thing has been ripped out and we are on the steepest downward trajectory imaginable and by god's grace that has to be recovered there has to be a calling back to god's word uh, god's law and god's gospel uh, because whatever there is there at the root is going to manifest itself
1: amen there's no alternative to that and we've said it many times before that We desperately need the Spirit of God to be poured out in this country. So we need to advocate for what's right, good, and true. We need to preach the gospel. We need to preach God's law. But we need to pray because unless God's Spirit comes, then all of our preaching, all of our advocacy will avail nothing. But when the Spirit of God comes, then we'll be able to preach, proclaim, and work in his power. Amen.
0: Thanks for listening to the sword in the trial today. Just a reminder, we do have that conference coming up in January. We'd love for you to register for that. And as Tom mentioned earlier, uh, space is limited and it is filling up rapidly. And so go to founders.org and you can register. We'd love to see you down here in January.